Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. You are loved, you belong, and you have a unique purpose from God. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. Here's today's message. Good morning, everyone. Good to see you. My name is Jerome Veerling. I get to serve as the lead pastor here at City Life. And what you just saw is a trailer for a project that will kick off next Sunday, the release of it, titled One, will be right here at City Life Lansing. And the project has three components to it. There's a listening album. There's an experience that you can watch with commentary and teaching. And then lastly, there's a lookbook that you can read. And those three components make up one project titled one. Jesus prayed that you and I would be one. And when we're in him, we are one. And each one of us make up the sum to be one. And we'll talk and teach on that as it kicks off next weekend, which will lead into a series with the project using each song to teach us on how we can be an answer to the prayer that Jesus prayed that we would be one. Amen? Amen means let it be so. Today is titled, Our Authority is Our Allegiance to Jesus. And when I have allegiance to him, based on who he is and what he's done, his authority, that it helps me overcome the battles of life. And we'll go to a text in the scripture in just a moment at Revelation 12. But before we do that, when I say authority, you don't have to say it, but what comes to mind? Is it good things, authority? Is it bad things? Is there a level of fear? Do you feel safe? Do you feel you can trust authority? Do you feel you have a voice with authority? Authority can come with a title. Sometimes it can be earned or merely born into, like royalty. You have authority to get access to an event. You put a ticket in and, hey, you show your ticket, you get in. You get to go and have access because the authority gives you access. And today we're going to look at how what Jesus has done gives us access with the Father. But the devil is nonstop trying to take out all people, but especially Jesus' followers. Our authority over the devil is in our testimony and allegiance to Jesus. And all authority is under Jesus, which is good news. And since we are under Jesus, we have authority on this earth, and we testify to that authority of Jesus. So I hope today would inform us in a biblical study, yes, emotional, but, but to teach our intellect to grow our understanding of authority in a healthy way and what the ultimate authority looks like. So let's go to Revelation chapter 12, verse 10. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have now come. Because the accuser of our brothers and sisters who accuses them before our God day and night has been thrown down. They conquered him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. For they did not love their lives to the point of death. Let's go back to the beginning of verse 10 right there. Revelation is a picture, a glimpse of the 
the end game of what God will ultimately do. He'll reign and rule. New heaven, new earth. He's coming back. He's going to make all things new. And his people in him will worship and praise him forever. And here we get a picture. There's a battle between good and evil, between God and the Satan that is playing out right before our eyes. God ultimately uh, is in charge. Jesus won on the cross. And the final play is the devil will be thrown out for all of eternity. And us in Jesus, what in the world do we do? How do we conquer two simple things? We testify. We testify to what? The blood of the lamb, Jesus, his authority. But I find it interesting because it would be easy to say Jesus' authority alone, but yet each one of us share in how we overcome in our testimony. So in other words, what is Jesus to you? Why is he worth your life? And how would you testify? Each one of us would be different. He's found us on different parts of the journey. Some people here today feeling like, oh, okay, maybe my day is today. And I pray today would be that day. See, the story arc of all of scripture is God was with his people. That's what made his people distinct, the children of Israel. But yet they longed to be like the other nations. They said, give us a king. We want somebody in charge. Well, just like we see play out today, there's good leaders, there's bad leaders. There's some that do it right and some that don't. And they got kings. Some held that authority in a way that was righteous and others in a way that was wicked. And then God gave them judges. Some ruled and judged the people in a good way and others in a wicked way. And then all carried over into the the, the line of David that King Jesus would step on the scene. A king and a judge that would be perfect. But how did this king grab his authority? On a donkey, as a lamb, surrendering and dying a death, and taking the ultimate punishment for all of sin. In post-resurrection, Jesus' followers used a phrase, a Latin phrase that was Christus Victor, which means Christ the conqueror. We have conquered because of what Jesus did, the great conqueror. So in him and what he has done, the final authority is in Jesus. So cross-reference Sunday is what I thought of a little bit. Let's cross-reference some scripture. Scripture, God's word, to interpret, to give us greater insight of this truth that Jesus is the ultimate authority. And we go to Matthew 28, 18 through 20, a very familiar passage It says, Jesus came near, and I don't want us to miss that language. It's so neat to think that the king of the universe came down knowing all of our mistakes and would come near. When we make mistakes, what's the first thing we want to do? Hide, run from, can't look at people in the eyes. And parents in the room, if we ever get the opportunity to be there when our kids make a mistake or we find them make a mistake, if we could be gentle and come near, maybe get on their level and I know it's hard because God has given us authority to also correct and guide. But Jesus comes near. And here's what he says to his closest followers, the the 12, but the 11 at this point. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. It's easy to gloss over. Okay, here we are. We're in church. 
There's a guy up on stage preaching. We're reading a text that was written thousands of years ago that's been translated, here we are in our modern day in English, and we move on, but, but I don't want us to miss this. All authority. Not national. Not even continental. But all authority on earth and in heaven has been given to Jesus. Then he tells us, go, make disciples, baptizing them. Today, we get to baptize at the 1130 service. And if you want to be a part of that, they have a change of clothes. You can just stay for the second service. If you want to get your children dedicated, you can stay for the second service. And this is where this passage comes out of. Um, the, the, the principle and the practice comes out of this passage, which is baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of age. And when we hear teaching to observe what Jesus has commanded, our understanding of teaching, observing, and commanded, command, commands and period is key. When we think commands, we might think military or teacher that loves to tell you what to do. But Jesus' teaching are light, they're life-giving. So to see him as our teacher is to remember he can teach me because all authority is under him. So when we read the scriptures, we're connecting with Jesus, the God of everything, all authority. We see authority modeled in our home, maybe in a relationship between a husband and a wife or in government. We see authority modeled, maybe the military, sports or businesses. In church, there's authority modeled for each one of us. And to, to hyperlink and zoom into the word authority, let's get a picture of how someone interacted with Jesus when it comes to authority. So is Jesus wanting us to just skip over any other authority and go straight to him all the time because our allegiance is to him? Awesome. But yet our authority in relationships on earth is so important too. There's this cool story in Matthew 8. It says, when he entered Capernaum, being Jesus, a centurion came to him, pleading with him, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed in terrible agony. He said to him, am I to come and heal him? I love that. Jesus, Jesus says, should I come? And watch what the centurion soldier says. Lord, I'm not worthy for you to come under my roof. But just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I, too, am a man under authority. Having soldiers under my command, I say to this one, go, and he goes. And to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. Hearing this, Jesus was amazed and said to those following him, truly, I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with so great a faith. I've marveled at that. What made that individual... Somebody that Jesus would say, this person has so great faith. Is it because he understood authority? He says to this person, do this, and they do it. Uh, understanding authority is key, but I think it's understanding the belief in what the th authority can produce. See, when Jesus tells me something and I have belief in him and follow that out, it's good. Not but are you sure, questions, and there's a time and a space for that. 
But I hope today that we would start to see authority as good. There's bad examples everywhere, and for that, we have to talk about that in just a moment. But this changed my life when I understood spiritual authority. At 22 years old, I had a lot to complain about up till that point. If you followed a little bit of my story, you know that I wanted to play in the NBA. And it's, it, it's almost comical to think about now. But it was a real thing then. This is pre-internet. So you don't even, if you're the best on your block, you're going to the league, you think. You don't know that there's anyone else. If you win a Gus Macker at 11 years old, that, is, that means that you're being recruited Division I. And I remember I wasn't starting in high school, and there was a real wrestle about it. And I would complain, it must be the coach's fault, it must be this. They don't like that I dribble between the legs, and you know, old school mindset. I had a lot of reasons, but years later, once I learned spiritual authority, our situations, many times we have to revolt and bring justice, for sure. But some of the situations we're in could be the sovereignty of God to teach us something that we wouldn't get any other way if the door wasn't shut. So I wrote something that titled, I learned more from the bench than I ever did in the game. What I learned from the bench? Frustration that turned into compassion for others that feel forgotten. To examine a different way, patience. And God started reshaping my life as I understood, man, I am under authority. I was under my coach's authority and he didn't think I should start that year. Well, cool. Now, hindsight's always 20-20. It's easy to say that now, but when we're in it, you might be in a situation here today where you don't have the authority to produce the results you want. Is it possible that you could be learning more from the bench than you ever would in the game? I, too, am a man under authority. This is what the centurion soldier said, and it was under a very hard situation. He said, my servant is lying home paralyzed. And when we're hurting or someone is hurting, that's when we want to take over and do anything possible to get results. And this person understood, no, under authority. The class I took was titled Spiritual Authority. There was a book that Watchman Nee wrote. And when I learned that being under authority is a good thing, and all those that have authority, healthy authority is always under authority. So how you follow and how you're faithful in a little will give you more. So out of lack, God was teaching me more things that I wouldn't have learned. And, and for others, their story might be, I, I started, I went to the MBA, and I realized that wasn't enough either. Each one of our journeys are different, but having a, a picture of authority, it, it, uh, here's three things that could be helpful. Being under authority is not a negative. It's not weak. It's not. It's not weak. It's not agreement. You might not always agree with the people that are leading you. All the kids in the room said, I don't always agree with my parents. And then hormones hit and teenage years hit and we think we have a better way. That's why, I mean, how many times do we have to hear the story where someone's 30, 40, 50 and they say, I'm sorry, mom, I'm sorry, dad. I understand more of the perspective now. It doesn't mean our parents were fully right. Just means we have different contexts as the older we get. And then lastly, it's not obedience. It's more of a heart posture. So when I'm under authority or, in other words, sum submitted, a submission of my heart is, is I want to hear what you're doing, God, 
in the authority in my life, wherever I go, the centurion soldier. And we might say, okay, well, when don't I follow authority? We'll get to that in a moment. But God designed all authority. Look at Romans 13.1. Let everyone submit to the governing authorities since there is no authority except from God. And the authorities that exist are instituted by God. This is unique for me to teach now at 42, 20 years later. Because my whole life, I hated authority trying to hold me down. I still get concerned when I see cops. I think back to the moment, you know. And in so many situations in my life, I, 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 I couldn't trust authority. But yet, when I saw that God was the one orchestrating things, how can I be more strategic in it, submitted in serving God? And, yeah. So when would you not follow authority? If it's unbiblical or immoral or illegal. And then we can debate, well, what is biblical and what's not? And there's a time and a space for that today. Today, we won't dive into that. But this is a good, helpful filter. You shouldn't just blindly follow anybody if it's unbiblical or immoral or illegal. Okay, and then how we debate that is really key. And we've seen that flesh out in our day-to-day. So Jesus' authority was bought, how? By his life. And Jesus modeled this. Look at John 5. Y'all still with me? Come on. Yeah. Hey. Came here to learn a little bit today. Cross-referencing. Jesus replied, truly I tell you, the son is not able to do anything on his own, but only what he sees the father doing. Jesus modeled this when he prayed. Whatever my father's doing, I want to do. For whatever the father does, the son does likewise. Jesus, this is where he submits to the authority before he goes to the cross when he's saying, Father God, if there's any other way, I would love to not go die for all the sins of other people. Let this cup pass. And he goes not only to the cross, but he drinks the cup of wrath for all of our mistakes of all time. Now, thinking some examples of authority, I'm sure in your mind you've already thought of all the bad examples, the times when you felt wronged or feel wrong today. You think of the judges who sentenced wrongly or a teacher who isn't loving the student enough and just makes a very bold decision that might expel them, or a parent that was too harsh. Or you might be sitting here thinking, there's some good examples where you had counsel in your life when you saw the fruit and it, somebody gave you a tip and it changed your life. Good authority, like Jesus, authority that uses to defend or bring a voice to the voiceless or to help all people, no matter their class, no matter their culture, and no matter their race. Brother Gregory Boyle, he has a quote, he's from Homeboy Industries. He says, when the marginalized voice is heard, it's a typo there, that is the loudest praise to God. I think that 
shows us a picture of how Jesus' authority plays out and even for us. When good authority is on display, it gives those that are forgotten, mistreated, it gives them a voice. And when they have a voice, that's the loudest praise God hears. Jesus goes on to gain all authority, 2 Corinthians 5.21. He made the one who did not know sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And then Jesus gives us authority, which is perplexing. Matthew 10, he summons the 12 and he gave them authority over every unclean spirit to drive out and heal, to drive out demons and to heal diseases and sickness. By my authority, your, no, Jesus' authority. And authority was all the way back in the beginning. Genesis 9. Are we, authority, huh? authority, authority. You'll see it's everywhere. Look at this, the fear and terror of you will be on every living creature in the earth. This is why animals will run away from us. Every bird of the sky, every creature that crawls on the ground and the fish of the sea, they are placed under your authority. We have authority. But as one under authority, under God's authority. And this carries on with Jesus' followers as Paul's disciple in Timothy. Look at this authority, Philippians. Now I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon so that I may be encouraged by the news about you. For I have no one else like-minded who genuinely care about your interests. All seek their own interests and not those of Jesus Christ. But you know his proven character because he has served with me in the gospel ministry like a son with a father. Timothy had the heartbeat of Paul and Jesus because it was modeled through a relationship of a son and a father. And a son and a father don't have equal authority, equal worth for sure, but the father has more authority. And that's a good thing. The people in our life have more authority, and that's a good thing. It transforms our perspective. When you go to Speedway or Quality Dairy, when you walk through that door, even though you're a customer and you think the customer's always right, you're under the authority of the cashier. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. You don't have to call me sir. You don't have to call me ma'am. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. They're not a worker there just to serve us. They've been commissioned by God to they have jurisdiction to make sure the mission of that place is being manifested. It's powerful. It's powerful. Now, I won't go to the, these few texts, but I'll just highlight some of them. In Ephesians, it says, children, obey your parents. There's authority there. And it's with a promise. It's, it's the first commandment with the promise. So listen to your parents, and it's going to go well with you. And there's a wrestle, because how do I honor my parents sometimes if I don't believe what they believe? There's a way. Honors first a posture of our heart. And then it says, fathers, don't stir up your children in anger, but bring them up in training. So there's accountability for the authority as well. Wives, submit to your husbands as you would to the Lord. But husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. He gives himself up for her. There's 
authority by each individual, but it's different, but it's connected. This is beautiful. So each one of us have an authority, and a question that would be good to frame us is, whatever role I'm in as a person of authority, what is my tone? And is this tact helpful? Like, what am I doing to raise up my kids? How am I loving my wife? How am I following Jesus? Do I believe all authority has been given to him? Do I minimize it just to being baptized? Baptized is a symbol. It's a truth in a symbolization that I no longer live, but Christ lives. My allegiance is to follow that king. It's not a shallow thing. It's a beautiful truth. It's a transformative state of mind, state of everything I am. So as we close, if I could get the worship team up here and we're going to circle right around back to the beginning. And we're going to get personal with the battle that many of us are facing right here, right now. The devil is accusing us day and night until the final ending moments when he's finally cast down. And if someone accuses you of something, how do you feel? You ever been wrongfully accused? You ever known somebody? That did the time, but they didn't do the crime? Read a story like that? To be accused is, it doesn't feel good. So we read it, we play church, we come here, and we're like, yeah, 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 yeah. But, man, when the devil accuses, he does not fight fair. He says things that is beyond R-rated. He makes you question everything. Are you good enough? You don't belong. You're not worthy. Let me show you your mistakes you made. And you feel condemned. But when we're in Christ Jesus, there is no condemnation because of his authority. And I overcome with that. If you guys would maybe just play like something cool in the background, I'm going to set the mood a little bit. That'd be fun. Authority is of God. Ultimate authority is Jesus's. And we have authority over the enemy by the word of our testimony, which is allegiance. And by the blood of the lamb, Jesus, his authority. You don't have to preach to the person on the left or the right. But, but maybe in this moment, you would testify to yourself. What are the grave clothes in your life that you say, you know what? I got to testify to what God has done in my life. How Jesus found me. I was sitting in the sauna just the other day, and the question comes up. Feels awkward every time. What do you do for a living? Uh, I'm a pastor. Oh, you, uh, and it, you, it gets so uncomfortable in about a split second. I thought you were just normal, man, for a minute. I am normal. I'm a human, you know, you try, and he goes, how did Jesus, what did Jesus do in your life? I'm glad you asked. He found me when no one else wanted me. Now people wanted me for sure. But I mean, he was picking me with royal DNA. He was saying, no, you're my first pick. You're mine. 
He's saying, those mistakes I want to cover with grace. He's saying, all your sins, man, I can make you brand new. He was doing that in my life. And I'm not sure if I did a good job. I just said it. And I said, and Jesus meets each one of us differently. And then our sauna session ended. And amen. Maybe I'll get to see him one day. I don't know if we'll see each other again. But it was a testimony about the blood of the lamb. What's your testimony? Could today be a new testimony? <laughs> to live out Revelation 12, then I heard with a loud voice in heaven say, the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of our Christ has now come. Because the accuser of our brothers and sister who accuses them before God day and night has been thrown down. They, us, conquered the devil by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. I want to pray for us today in a few areas. First is practical and personal. Authority in our life might be a very hurtful topic right now in this whole time. It might be a topic that has been even embarrassing because you think about yourself as one who has authority in how we treat people. I know it's challenging and convicting for me to think of how am I doing as a dad? How am I doing as a husband? How am I doing as a pastor? Am I really empowering? Am I using my authority to, to, to encourage and empower and put more fruit on other people's trees? Or am I feeling entitled? Am I walking in a room and saying, here I am? Or am I saying, look, there you are. You know? So where am I at? Where are you at with authority would be the first prayer. And the second prayer would be, where are we at with the authority that is Jesus? Today could be a new day to testify. I believe he's the one. And he'll take you and make you brand new. He'll take whatever grave clothes the world tries to put on you. And he'll cast that sin as far as the east to the west. He'll make you right brand new right here, right now. Father, I pray for those in the room that either have authority that want to use it better or those that are hurt by authority right here, right now. They're on the bench. And I pray today we would have the heart of the centurion soldier. I too am a man under authority. In the picture there, the credit that will, all of the individuals that go and carry out the assignment, how amazing. The power of order, the power of healthy authority. And I pray today that it would, there would be a heaven move in our hearts to trust again. Where we're afraid, you would speak and teach us on the bench where we've made mistakes as a leader, as a parent, as a friend, as a coworker, that you would remind us today that it can be fresh, it can be new. God, give us the heart of a child to trust wherever we're going. And the only question we ask you, God, is are we there yet? Are we there yet? 
And secondly, God, for those that are sensing to come home to you, I pray today would be their day to have their testimony, that you would find them as you found me, as you found so many of us in the room. You call us by name. You know us. You know us before we were even birthed. You've been there for every moment in our life. Pushing and fighting against all of the devil's schemes and attacks. All of the hurts. All of the wrongs. You've been pushing them back. And I pray today that there would be a blanket of grace. A blanket of peace. A blanket of love. A blanket of newness. Just say, Jesus, you're my home. You're my home. I believe in you. And Jesus, you're the one. Amen. Will you join and sing? And I pray this song would encourage us the truth that he has won. Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. To get connected, learn more, and invest financially, go to citylifelansing.com. You belong here.